This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Yeah, so I'm actually actually on vacation officially. Took days off, which I don't do enough, but I reached my like max limit, so it'd be dumb not to. Uh, the company holiday, the third anyway, so taking four days off equal the whole week. Um, I ended up going to my, my – my parents have a cabin, uh, hadn't been there in a while, took the family with one other couple who've also been basically the only other couple we know who've been uh, isolating and stayed there for the weekend, and it was really nice. Went to the lake, which was super busy um, during the day, so we immediately left that. Um, but still, there's nice areas of rocks for the kids to play, and it was the first time just leaving the house, which was really nice. But I'm back home now, so it's a – staycation or whatever but we did the big chris list draft yesterday you said the pod you don't want to ruin the momentum there's a lot of stuff to talk about so i said sure i'll, I'll hop on the podcast especially since you're going to be gone next week too so it felt like the right thing to do yeah i may do the same thing and just do it from vacation also uh, well, just, I will say though, I, I apologize to the listeners though because you did threaten to record a solo. Pod, I did. So maybe I did. I, you know, I, I, I apologize. I might have really be ruining something here by by coming on. So you did. Re- you did come. Coming. Suddenly, there was a different urgency from you in having to do this pod. <laughs> One could view the text messages that way. That there was suddenly a turn in my uh, willingness to come on once you threatened that. That is, yeah, yeah. One could view it uh, in that in that perspective. So, all right, well, we're going to talk about the beat Chris Listley because I thought that was very interesting, interesting draft. I thought it might go the way it did for me, but I really didn't know. And I just went all in once it did. But we'll get to that. I've already written about it. We'll get to your team also. And we got 100 on that standard. Uh, whoever gets what? More points regular season? Is that, that the bet? Yeah, sure. And then 500 if somebody wins the league? Yeah, that sounds that's the standard. That sounds good to me. First place, and then, but if you win the two hundred k, you got to give a thousand to the other dude. The other guy, okay. Thought, yes, like it, love it. So you end up losing money, but you're you're fine with it. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's do that. I like okay. that. That's the best part of the bet. Yeah, let's do that. All right, fine. That's done. I will we'll solidify it in an email. But before we get to that, you know, so we we decided that we were going to do this podcast just to keep the momentum going. We've gotten a lot of feedback on it. We've gotten just kind of growing in terms of. I don't know if the listeners have grown that much. I got to check, but just growing in terms of people are just talking to me about it quite a bit. And then this morning, Ghislaine Maxwell gets arrested and there's some, there's some shady stuff. I've been reading about this and there was a prosecutor who was in charge of her case and the Epstein case in New York. And he got fired by Bill Barr like a couple of weeks ago. And he, he said, you know, they said, Oh, he'll be resigning. And he was like, I'm not resigning. 
And then I guess like Barr like ratcheted it up a notch and then he said, fine. And he's out. And so it makes me a little nervous that maybe uh, this is going to be some sort of fake half-assed prosecution where we don't get the goods. Like it seems like after like they had Jeffrey Epstein in custody last August and we're like, Oh, we're going to get the goods on some of these people. We're going to finally know some shit. And we never did. You know, he, he got killed and then that was it. And I, I just feel like as, as like, you don't even want to get hopeful that this is going to lead to some kind of resolution of anything because it just seems like there's just no way they're just not going to let it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, everyone makes the, the comment, the cue, the you know, better be on suicide watch. I mean, what's going to happen to her? I mean, it's uh, yeah, that's also crazy that just happened. Another reason for the podcast. We talked so much about Epstein and yeah, there's a lot of people sweating right now. And I, I guess I just heard too, I'm not true. It is uh, on Twitter that in the press conference that uh, the Prince was mentioned even by name, you know, again, like basically even more questioning is wanted uh, with Prince Andrew, right? Yeah, but like he's public knowledge now. There's oh, certain- it's right. Yeah. Now, I, well, hey, I'd I'd love anyone involved in this horrible behavior to come to light. And this this would this is that's too good to be true, though. Yeah, that would be great if this results in all of that. But man, something's just going to happen to her, right? And it's all it's going to go away again. That's what I fully expect. It'll happen to her, or she'll just say, "I'm not talking. I'm doing the time." And then after like a year or two, she'll be transferred to some other prison after it's out of the news, and then somehow like we'll just lose sight of where exactly she is i don't know something's gonna happen but they, to be clear everything I've, I've followed i mean she's like the right hand man right hand person i mean she was right in the thick of every of his business big time so it is quite interesting to know what she knows i mean it would be illuminating it would be amazing if this was a result in uh, undoing you know getting rid of him but here's you know the, the option b and have some information that would be that would be enlightening and what not gonna happen though yeah, I just can't get my hopes up. I, I don't really think they're going to really be able to name the names. It's funny, though. The Twitter's going crazy. Photos of her at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Like, how do you, how do you live that down? You know, I get it. It's wedding. It's very hard to choose between guests, man. You know, you have a wedding. It's very hard to know who to exclude. You know, they, they probably shouldn't have included her. They should have, probably should have included, like, a third cousin instead. Weddings are cheap. I know the guest list, usually people are tacking them on very easily, you know, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. Um, it just, well, speaking of, sorry to tangentially, go, go, you can go back, but you're, this just got me thinking of the uh, conspiracy stuff. Because of you, I went on Tommy G's thread. And um, yeah, uh, three people drowning in a five foot pool. Yes. Uh, very much, very, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm uh, very, uh, it's entertaining. It's something. It's something. I'll tell you that much. That's basically what you, right. how you worded it too. It's, it's something. Something is there. It's not necessarily and probably very unlikely that it is what he says it is, what Tommy G says it is, but there is something not right. And to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong about this thread, so basically this is just a factual thing that happened in like East Brunswick, New Jersey. Three people died. They drowned in a swimming pool. Okay, that's it's like a story. It's on like mainstream CNN, whatever. Ground, it's like five foot uh, deep in, and no electricity. And electricity's been ruled out. Right, right. No one got electrocuted. So three people drowned. Like one was like a seventy something year old man. One was like a forty something year old woman, and one was like a child who a kid who was like eight or something. And so they're all drowned. And this is just a fact. This is a police. You know, went to the house, found the bodies. You know, made the report. And, they, and apparently there were screaming heard before that happened. So the, the ruling is that they all just accidentally drowned. 
And Tommy G goes into that and he's like, well, what are the chances three people drown? I think the pool was seven feet deep at one point, but you know, you can reach the edge seven feet. You know, if I stand up straight with my hand over my head, it's seven and a half feet. And so even like, and also like, what are you doing swimming in a pool if you don't know how to swim? And what do you, why do you have a pool if you don't know how to swim? All this weird stuff. So, okay, so fine, whatever. It's a sketchy drowning thing. Okay. So he starts digging into it, going to like all these LinkedIn accounts for the guys, an, an Indian guy. And apparently the guy was connected to both the Clinton and Gates foundations. I mean, I don't think he knew in advance that this guy had any connection or maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe you heard a rumor from someone else, but how weird is it? You're like, this is a weird thing. Why would three people drown randomly? And then you look into the guys and you're like, Oh, look who they're connected to. That is pretty weird. Like of all the random things, the unexp- inexplicable deaths that happen. If you look into it, what are the odds that they have specific connections to, to those two foundations? Yeah, it's weird. Now I'm waiting for the Tommy G draft cheat uh, fight to, to happen. But I, so what do you, what do you think going to happen with Maxwell, man? I mean, what what does this mean? So you just ultimately, like you said, your hopes aren't up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's so, uh, this could be something. So the the problem is that they they fired this guy. Bill Barr fires this guy a couple weeks before this breaks, and apparently the indictment happened on June 20th. So it coincides the firing of the prosecutor. I think coincides just about exactly with her being indicted. So they knew that she was going to get indicted and arrested. And right around then they, they can the guy who had been on the case. Now the optimistic way of looking at this would be, well, they knew that this guy was in the tank. So they got rid of him so they could really prosecute. That just seems unlikely to me. It just seems more likely like this guy was serious about the prosecution. Now this, this prosecutor was appointed by Trump so it was like he should be you know, on Trump's side, but for whatever reason, they got rid of him. And nobody said why. There's nothing like he's, he didn't get in trouble for anything. And the other thing that is interesting is I haven't heard from this guy. I mean, shouldn't this guy be speaking up now that he's been fired and just say, is he worried about his career? Do they have some dirt on him? He, why isn't he just like, this is a joke. I was the one who was prosecuting these guys. They don't want him prosecuted. Why does he speak out if, it's, if, if that's the reason? But anyway, I've, I've just seen on Twitter that it's kind of suspicious that that guy got fired right when this broke. And that makes me dubious that you'd want like once, like there's powerful factions out there, many of whom have connections to Epstein and other shady stuff. And what you'd want is one enemy faction of that powerful faction to seriously go after it and expose everything. But if both factions are compromised, which is probably the most likely explanation, then then it's they're going to just try to it'll be a controlled demolition you know like they know this is coming and it's going to be a controlled demolition where they just have it be as innocuous as possible like yeah she she's just you know gonna not talk or yeah the people in the papers are the people that you know throw prince andrew under the bus and that's it yeah and not really go any deeper than that so who knows but i'm not some version of the Patriots announcing the signing of Cam Newton like 10 minutes after uh, getting, the, you know, the suspension, came, their penalties came down. Some some version of that. Uh, yeah, I um, I don't know, uh, but you're probably right now. It'll be that because, man, can they get away with another? Uh, how could they not have her on, quote unquote, suicide watch? You know what I mean? Like how blatant are they? Uh, is this going to be if it just becomes another one of she disappears? I mean, can it be? It can't. I, I mean, right. I mean, that would be too much. Yeah, I mean, if if some cameras malfunction and 
I mean, how, how can they possibly <laughs> four different things? Yeah, right. Exactly. Again, not on watch. And then these cameras break and then these, these guards retired and then another, but, but just remember things. this, just remember this, the fact that the guards disappeared, his, his uh, cellmate got transferred, his prior suicide attempt that they say from the week before that tape has now been destroyed. Uh, the autopsy was first said to be, you know, not consistent with, uh, hanging oneself and then later was changed to say it was that the cameras malfunction. all these things ha- just happened at the same time in the Epstein suicide so the message you get from that is they don't give a shit if it's legitimate or realistic they don't care yeah. at all they're just basically saying here's here's what happened deal with it here's what we're telling you happened we don't give a fuck if it makes sense we just don't care you just absorb this you know, maybe some not only they get away with it, but we're still that's still in quote the conspiracy side. If you're, you know, the minority, you know what I mean, of not taking it face value. Still, you know, I mean, right. one would think this would be closer to mainstream, but as it gets as far as conspiracy theories, but but even then, right, it's still probably not the the majority. Well, I, the majority definitely think he he was murdered, but I think the you, you're you right. Think that okay. The, right, okay. the official the official view is what you said is that he committed suicide and that it is a conspiracy to say he was murdered. Even though I would say the majority of people think majority, he was murdered. So. Yeah, Fair. I would think. Okay. I mean, I don't know for sure, but so certainly the majority of people listening to this podcast believe he's murdered, like 90-10, I would think. But they don't, well, the point is they don't care. So like someone might just shoot her in jail and like someone with a mask on may just shoot her and run off and they'll just be like, yeah, we don't know who that was. Some, in, you know, some, some guard went rogue. I don't know. We, we're looking at the footage based on the description, you know. Right? I mean, what's to stop some guy with a mask on to come in and just, you know, it's coronavirus, you're supposed to wear your mask anyway. Come in, kill her, it's on tape. Yeah, she was murdered. Yeah, someone murdered her. We don't know who did it. It's like, okay, I mean, what, what can we really do with that information? Yeah, why is she in the country? You know, I don't know why she would still be. It seems staged. It seems a bit staged, right? Like this whole thing. They fire the guy, they bring her in. I don't know. Who knows? I, I'm so. It's like I. I don't believe the, the. The scary thing is right, and this is the line that you have to walk. Is like I don't want to go full Tommy G, where you actually think Oprah's in charge of some sex trafficking thing. Like I. I'm not saying it's. I wouldn't like say it's impossible. I just think that's not the most likely explanation. Okay, I just don't think it's the most like. You know, if it happens, I'll say, wow, that dude really was ahead of his time. But, you know, Tom Hanks is dead or in jail or something like I, I, I can't I can't go there for the explanation. But at the same time, like the official explanations for everything do not make sense. They just don't, you know, for how COVID started. Now we're like, oh, there was COVID in Brazil in November of 2019. There was COVID in Spain in March of 2019. Like this kind of stuff, like what the hell is happening? And we don't know. And the official explanations are just wrong. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Chloroquine doesn't work. Oh, there's a million fake studies completely doctored to... Yeah, it's like nothing really makes sense, the official version. So, okay, so I don't believe anything I'm being told by the media, the press, talk, talking heads, the blue check marks. And then, so you're sort of got this void. You, you, we all want an explanation. We all want our world to make sense. And so then, like, Tom is like, no, 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 no. I know it. Here's what's really going on, right? And it's, it's insane. But you're like, no, 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 I can't go there. But the problem is you're left with a state of doubt. And I read, this is my, my favorite philosophy philosophy subject that I studied in college. I majored in philosophy. And I've mentioned this before, this guy, Charles Peirce, The Fixation of Belief. And basically he said that like a doubt, not like I doubt this, but a doubt, like just an uncertainty and not knowing, 
is a, is a type of discomfort. You're hungry and you want food. It's like you have this discomfort that's like, I, I, wanna, I want food. I need something. And if you have a doubt about the, you know, how to explain things or what's actually going on, it's a discomfort. And humans, in, when they feel this discomfort, they assuage it by fixating a belief. Uh, he calls that belief a habit. It's a habit or a belief, something in its place that makes you feel better. And this is, we talked about this in context of who do I start, X or Y? And I'm like, look, it's a 50-50 call, right? But the guy still wants to ask me, even though he's played fantasy football for 10 years, and he knows as well as I do that it's a 50-50 call, he wants me to answer it because he's got this doubt. He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't know who to start, and he wants me to tell him so the doubt is gone. That's the service you're providing. You don't need to be accurate. You don't need to be right. It's 50-50. Nobody can be right. He just wants you to tell him what to do. So this, this decision, say, oh, start, start James Conner over Melvin Gordon. We'll talk about that in those two guys in a minute. But that makes him feel better. And I feel like when you have all this crazy shit going on, people are locked down, they're wearing masks, the economy's probably collapsed. It's this lag effect where we're sort of, you know, the roadrunner, we've already gone off the cliff, but we don't know it yet, so we haven't quite dropped yet. And everybody is sort of very uncomfortable and with tons of doubt about everything, and all the official explanations and the organs doing the explanations are completely discredited. And you're like, I just want to know like what the deal is. And then Tommy G comes in and explains it all for you. Yeah, no, it's a good way of putting it because it's a lot of people who, you know, that the, the explanation is not the right answer. The explanation given is not the right answer, but you don't know what that answer is. And it's just tough to be like, oh, it's a gray or, you know, you just don't know. And that's just, it's easier to have someone else tell you, the, here's the alternative, which can sometimes go completely 180, you know? So it's, yeah. very, it's very hard to sit still and say my own government, people who are very powerful in it, and people who are influenced, who are very rich private citizens, are involved in a sex trafficking scheme of teenage girls. This is just a fact. We know that this happened, right? This is not like, this stuff is like, there's reams of evidence for this, that this happened. And yet the guy was murdered in a cell and no one, you know, no dirt has come out. There's no like kill switch where he gets killed and then somebody releases all the documents. Ghislaine Maxwell was at large for almost a year after that. There's no explanation for why that was the case. There's no explanation for why this prosecutor who was on the case got fired. There's no explanation for why the coronavirus actually started like a year before they said it started. There's no explanation why the CDC and WHO has shifted what they're saying. Oh, can't be transmitted human to human in February when we could have been, you know, nipping this thing in the bud. There's no explanation for any of this stuff. There's no explanation for why there was a coordinated uh, attempt to make everyone think Russia hacked the election. And three years later, after all of that, it turns out there was nothing. I mean, there's no explanation explanation for any of this stuff that makes any sense from the official organs. They've been totally discredited. And yet we're in this terrifying, uncertain time. And we're just supposed to sit with the doubt, sit with not knowing anything. And it's like, it's fucked and people are desperate. So people are doing one of two things. Typically they either cling to the narrative like, Oh no, no, no. It was a suicide dude. Take off your tinfoil hat. Like, please, no, 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 COVID, it was, it was from a bat, and that's what happened, and it sucks, but this is the way it is now. They either hug the narrative, even though the, the people presenting the narrative have been full of shit so many times, or they go the other way, and they just go straight. Yeah, I'm one, eight, yeah exactly. right? one or the other. It's very hard to walk the line and say, 
You know what? I don't fucking know. And this is terrifying because shit's going on. And I want to prevent this. I want to prevent the Fed from looting the treasury and giving it to their buddies. I hate this. I want to prevent, you know, people from either losing their businesses for no reason or getting sick preventably. But I don't know the facts. There's no way for me to know. So it's just very hard to just remain within the doubt and just embrace it. But the truth is, like, that's your only option is to be completely in doubt of all this stuff And maybe through embracing that doubt, you will find some way of being and some sense of wisdom and understanding that will help you navigate. But this is this is a much harder ask than either of the other polls. And doubt with a combination of, you know, horrible economy, people losing their jobs and and or even in the best case, often just uh, being uh, inside more often than they're used to. And uh, that's only going to increase. You know that in California, 19 counties have been reshut down, including mine. So. Uh, well, you got you got to go outside and just go for a walk and stuff. You know, what I mean, I, yeah. I think you got to get well, of course, sun. Of course, but you, you got to get sun. The current, the current state of of humanity has never quite been like this, or certainly no. not this generation. So, it's all these factors happening. You know, people it, are in, in unrest. It's yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, who the hell knows what's coming next? But this is we're just getting started. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, all right, you want to talk our draft? You want to talk, talk Mike Possel entering your DMs, or, or yeah, where do you want so, to go next? Yeah, I just did. Uh, we can talk with the Patriots and Cam. We'll talk Mike Possel, and then we'll we'll uh, switch over to the uh, okay. the draft. So, uh, oh, and by the way, the Karen, we're going to talk about her later. I, we got a lot to say about her. Now, that was just a I joke that, about her last week. Yeah, that was just actually a joke because she said she kept listening and she kept saying how much she hated the podcast. And I was just trying to make her listen one more hour to a podcast she hates, and then say, "Oh, we're just joking. We didn't. We weren't really going to talk about her." And then we actually just not only did not even an say hour, that an hour and forty five minutes later, <laughs> exactly. And then we just forgot completely. <laughs> so anyway, I know you're listening, Karen, and I hope you spent some time of your life uh, trying to find that clip that we talked about you, and then we totally forgot. But there was really nothing. We said what we had to say. Uh, yeah. So the Mike Posta thing came up. So it came up first off. I was talking about Cam signing with the Patriots, and I actually like Cam as a top. I made him my number ten QB, even though I know there's tons of risk once you're in the you know in the 10th round with qbs who cares just take the guy with the most upside but secondly i i was talking about the patriots cheating scandal they they got docked a million dollars and a third round draft pick from 2021 and their explanation did you see the patriots explanation for the filming incident oh i can't remember if i have i i what, why what is it they're like yeah you well, know document- i mean what it was documentary you know a documentary on do your job the patriot way or whatever and you know, yeah. they were filming some, they happened to be filming some scout who just coincidentally. The opponent, next week's opponent? Well, he's, yeah, he's a scouting scout. Oh, we're going to do him at Bengal oh, Stadium. Right. What a, what a scouting, right. right. Yeah, of course. We need, you know, we're just coincidentally on this episode going to do a scout where our next game is against that team. And inadvertently, I put in some footage, and we know that we take full responsibility. We shouldn't have had footage. Yeah, sure. That was just an inadvertent thing. They were just, the camera guy didn't know, and he was just, he was saying, here's what a scout looks at. And so putting some, some B-roll in the background. Well, you know, just totally innocent, of course. If that were really the case, and the NFL sees the footage, and it's literally just a smattering of shots for like 20 or 30 seconds for, you know, what they call B-roll, just filler while they're documenting. They talk to a guy, and they'll cut away to some footage of what he does. If that was really all it was, and they looked at the unedited tape, why would they find them a million dollars in a third-round pick? Yeah, it almost feels like it should be more or less, but... <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's and it's the multiple offenses too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, the, the Patriots do what they whatever the edges they they go beyond them, and yeah, I mean, it's not really a surprise, right? So, uh, yeah, then they announce the cam signing, and no one's even talking about it, right? So, but what's more likely that the Patriots they're ex- incredibly successful and they push every edge, as you said, to the limit. And, and, and they ba- always bring up and, and, in the market. And they basically just cheat. They cheat to the extent they can get away with it. Like they view it as just like on defense, right? On defense, a lot of teams they grab and clutch the cornerbacks, grab and clutch the receivers, and they play until they get a flag. Why give an inch below the edge of the law, the edge of the rules? Play as rough as you can. This is what all these people do. I mean, what do you think? You know, Bezos does bullying all the suppliers. This stuff's monopoly behavior. But until the antitrust suit comes, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to push to the edge and over the edge until there's pushback. They, they don't know what the edge is. They don't, everyone knows what the letter of the law edge is, but they don't know what the enforced edge is. What law is enforced? Speeding, right? The, the speed limit's 65. You can go about 70, 75 before you start pushing the edge. 78, maybe, you can get away with. So everybody goes to the edge until there's pushback. You get a couple of tickets and okay, you found you're going 90, you get pulled over and you found your edge and you slow down. I mean, isn't that what they're doing? This, there's high stakes here, man. This is the greatest coach of all time, the greatest franchise of all time. Everything's at stake here. They're going to push it until there's pushback, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's not been enough pushback as far as I can tell. So they were going to figure out a different way and we're not going to know about it. Probably right. most likely is, is what I would guess moving forward. That's why I bet you last week, uh, I, I, am siding with, with that, the, the team that's doing everything it can with all, uh, you know, regard like real man, basically making real man decisions nonstop. Hopefully Brady brings some of that cheating culture to the box and I get, I get some, Hey, here's what you got to do, fellas. You, you guys aren't serious. You guys aren't even professionals. Oh yeah. You got some good players. Well, he is. You know, all these reports, he was already, uh, all breaking all, all of Tampa's rules, visiting people and working out all, all kinds of helicopter footage and all he, and the mayor or so of, of a city, I even had to tell him or someone had to go home or so, some right? from a public park. He, of course he is. Yeah. He, he had a, he was caught with a, a, two duffel bags and they're like, Oh no, he wasn't working out. He was going over stuff with Byron Leftwich right he had two duffel bags with him of paperwork apparently not footballs but yeah he's he's doing it don't worry yeah no those duffel bags are full of gold bars and cocaine they're taking it to a different level and so i basically said and we had rufus on it unfortunately i haven't gotten a response from rufus but i gotta pester him about this because i think it's really interesting he figured out so we know the patriots have covered 58 percent of the time since the start of their run since 2001 that's you know 19 years of seasons crazy high I'm 58. You just bet the Patriots every week and you, you just print money and that's never the case. And they're also a public team, which is just crazy. Obviously the public catches on. So people say, well, they're a great team. They won six Super Bowls. I mean, of course they cover a lot. No, no, it doesn't work like that. Better teams don't cover more than worse teams. The only teams that cover more than worse teams are teams that are better than expected. Surprisingly better teams. Never the good team that everybody has the favorite before the season is not likely to cover the spread more than any other team. That preseason favorite is already, that's priced in. Basically, the Patriots are outperforming their own metrics, their own numbers, what their numbers would you know, suggest that they should do by three points per game, which is a massive number, three points per game. On average, including losses over 20 years times 16 games, you know, you're talking about, what, 320 games. This is an insane, insane sample. And so what I want to ask Rufus, and I haven't heard from him, is that 
What's number two? Is it 2.7? 2.4? Right, right, right. What's number 32? What's number 32? Minus 2.3? Minus 2.5? Or... Man, my guess is they're like all within a point on both sides okay. would be my, my guess. That was what I tweeted. I said, if it's less than one on both sides, right? Like the second best is 0.8 yeah. and, the, and the worst is minus 0.75, okay? <laughs> They're all within one, which you would think after a sample that big. Again, it's which against the spread. Yeah. It's against the spread. Bet. We're not talking yeah. about. We're not talking about. We're not talking about absolute how a team's done or not done. We're talking about against the expectations on average. So every time they beat the spread by twenty points, they also lose sometimes by twenty points. But the market's pretty good. So I said, if it's if it's you know two point four and minus two point five or whatever, then fine. Maybe Belichick's just a better coach, and they've been pushing it, and that's that. But if it's less than one and they're that much of an outlier, it's Mike Postel territory. Right? I tweeted that out. And Mike Postel was the poker player who got busted because he was winning at a rate. It was sort of a low stakes game that was televised or filmed in like Sacramento or somewhere. Where was it? Sacramento? Uh, makes sense. Somewhere. I don't know. Somewhere like that. Yeah. I have no idea. Anyway. And so he got busted because his win rate and the things he was laying down, like things, impossible folds, impossible calls, crazy stuff. And it was on tape. We're just... It was a live feed, too. It was a live feed game. It was a, it was a live feed. I mean, that, well, that's the point, actually. That's how we got help. But, yeah. But, or, like, people... Suppose, people... people and, and, and... Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. People can see that this is, you know... No matter how good you are at poker, you have to... You're not going to lay it down every time. You're not going to... You're not going to stay... You know, call every time, despite the guy's, you know, ridiculous bluff. And you've got crap. You've been bluffing. But he's bluffing lower than you. All this stuff. And basically, the problem with with him was that he just he didn't lose enough. He didn't like make it obvious enough by f- folding, even though you know just lose some pots on purpose, even if you if you're cheating, because otherwise you're going to get caught. If if you and I are all you know, let's say you and I are like training to see who can run a faster mile for a year, and you're like at the end, you're like you know it's sort of you know honor system, and you're like oh man, I ran a five forty five, beat that, and I'm like dude, three fifty six, three fifty six. Dude, that's not going to be believed. That's not going to work. You can't run 356. If you're going to cheat, say something like 542. Don't say 356. What I was yeah, saying... The, the, the odds, basically, people smarter than me put all together that no poker or like, you know, it's, it's basically one in the billions to do that by chance, to play the hands of which, and especially the contrarian hands, right. which just did not make sense. Right. I mean, nobody's... You know, everybody... Poker is just a probability game. You don't win by being perfect. You win by being right more often than the other guy i mean that's it it's not like it's you don't nearly win every time so again it's like it's like we did the mile and i said oh yeah 356 you know and you're like dude the fuck are you talking about you know i'm cheating it's just too extreme it's not a credible number to put out there well three points per game i know it's sort of arcane like people don't think about it what's the 20 year rate of covering it might be like running you know me saying i ran a four minute mile so if that's the case, I said he's in Mike Postel territory. So I didn't think much of it. You know, it was just a, a thread on Patriots cheating, which I probably have five of those in the last couple of years. Right. And you didn't like at him. You just wrote. No, no, I just wrote the name. Right. And then all of a sudden in my DMs, Mike Postel was like, what exactly do you mean by Mike Postel territory? And I haven't responded to him because I think it's obvious what I mean. Like, I mean, you, you can only, if you're going to cheat, you have, you know, you can't do it to a point where it's obvious. You have to do it to a point where, you know, where it's, you know, it's plausible. Like maybe you just are that great. There's a point to which it's greatness. You know, Barry Bonds is almost like that too. It's like nobody hits 
73 home runs and strikes out 30 times. You know, it's like, this is not, that's not human. I don't care how good you are at age 38 or whatever, you know, 37 peaks in a way that's peak Babe Ruth. He, it was too much. He did. It was too. Well, only problem is, only problem is, since looking, since you told me about this, I looked him up to see you an update on the case, and it was just uh, this, the charges were thrown out. I, I can't, uh, people are are very upset, but he uh, somehow is going to not not get charged for any of this. I thought that was a civil case. They were suing him for for poker oh, losses. Okay, okay, okay. That's just a civil. Okay, he's still I, criminal. Ma- I don't know. I don't know if that what the status of the criminal case is. I just read a case. That uh, he, a bunch of people sued him who lost money to him during that game, and I'm like, right. "Fuck gotcha. this!" I know he's cheating me. Gotcha. And then gotcha. the judge dismissed their case. But I think but the boy, gra- usually it's a lot easier preponderance of evidence. I mean, you, if you can't do civil, it rarely works the other way, right? I mean, it's it's easier to get oh yeah civil than it's criminal. Well, so, although 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 if you look at the reason why it was dismissed, it sounded like he dismissed it. I don't want to get too into it because I didn't really dig that deep into this. But but apparently they dismissed it because the court just is like. You don't have standing. If you're a gambling loser, you can't really sue, even if you think the guy's cheating. Okay. So they were like, they didn't even get, they, didn't, they dismissed it before it even got to the point where they got, it's not like, oh, they couldn't prove by the preponderance of the evidence he was cheating. They just, the court didn't want to hear a case wherein the way to win money was to prove that he cheated them in a gambling game. Do you get it? it they, right, they, never, right. they never even got to present their case. It was dismissed. Yeah. And it was dismissed because the court's like, keep these gambling disputes out of my docket, basically. Right. I don't, we, don't, okay. we don't, you know, there's like settled law that's like, cause, could you imagine? Like, he cheated in the poker game. Like, it's like, dude, it's a poker game. We don't want to get involved in poker games. So yeah. I, I think that was the basis. I don't think that really absolves him or either. It doesn't go either oh, way. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. I think, it, yeah, I don't think it absolves him. I'm just saying, though, if you weren't a, an NLM and you wanted to go back and, and, and respond to him, I'm just saying no. he, he has that. I'm not. I'm not yeah, no, I don't care. I don't care about that. Then just speaking of Cam, like the Patriots seem, you know, all the Patriots beat writers who seem to carry water for them are like, this doesn't say anything negative about Jared Stidham. The fact that we just signed a former MVP first overall pick who's only 31 years old, younger than Russell Wilson. It doesn't say anything about our thoughts about Stidham. Oh, really? So if you thought Stidham, if, if you had the same view of Stidham as say the, as say the Cardinals have of Kyler Murray, why didn't the Cardinals bring in Cam Newton then? Of course it has, it reflects, it could, there's nothing that could reflect more on their view of Stidham than bringing in a former MVP quarterback who is still in his late prime. So shocking. And uh, let me preface this by saying uh, I got a lot of feedback on last week's pod too. And people love the uh, arguing. I, I, I feel like, but um, I am a, uh, I don't have the energy to argue with lists every week. I just want to put that out there. But I am shockingly uh, disagree with you here. I have a different opposing view. But basically, I'm on uh, the only one on the entire Internet. Uh, But I I kept Stidham ranked higher in my fantasy rankings than than Newton. Um, To me, this seems like a sneaky way to, at minimum, buy back the third round pick. They just lost 10 minutes earlier because when he leaves next year, that's what they'll get in return for a minimum contract. And they had money space to spend on no one available and it doesn't what's to lose by adding someone here but i mean i followed stidham i wrote that brady column mainly because i also was really interested once i looked into did any research in stidham and he just you know was looking like possibly the number one overall pick in the draft during that last year and there's all the reasons for him not putting up good numbers and you know, all the peripherals his breakout age was 99th percentile all that stuff but really if you just read any of the patriots people following the team they just love him 
and his accuracy and all that stuff. So I'm probably way off here and Cam Newton, maybe he returns to health, but man, it was, uh, they said his shoulder was like hanging on by a thread and, um, obviously the Liz Frank too. Um, but yeah, former MVP, obviously Cam Newton, big name. And like I said, I'm literally the only one, even like the stat nerd guys are just like, this is a no brainer. And I'm also, I've seen Newton really aggressively ranked fantasy too, but I've been pretty contrarian, I guess, for the most part in ADP this year. So I guess I'll just stay with it. Like I said, I, I didn't even move Cam ahead of Stidham on my fantasy rankings. Well, with QBs, it doesn't really matter, right? Because it's not like there's some urgent need to draft QBX or Y once you get out of the top six. So it's not that big yeah. of a, it's not a huge fantasy debate. But the. Unless Superflex or whatever. Like the, yeah, Superflex, it actually does matter. Big but, big but, but you, I'm not saying that's impossible. It's just that. The Patriots didn't use any of the first three round picks on him, so they could have been that high at him before the dream. You know, it's not like he could have been the number one pick. Well, he fell for a reason, and and then the odds that even if he were you know a top ten pick, which he wasn't, that you're going to be as good as Cam Newton is slim. I mean, most of these guys, you know, Sam Darnold was the number three overall pick. People still love him. He's in year three. You know, he's not there. Most guys never get there. It's just, it's Cam Newton is probably there, there. You can get better than Cam Newton, but most quarterbacks are not. Most quarterbacks don't get there. And then the question of the injuries, uh, I just, Safani Bell said the shoulder's fine or was fine heading in last year. And then the foot was healed basically in half the time of a normal Liz Frank because it wasn't, I don't know the technical reason, but usually it takes six months. He was ready in three months because it wasn't as significant as the regular ones. So, yeah, he has to prove that he's healthy and that he's not done. But I kind of feel like if he shows that he's basically Cam Newton, why would they... Why would they risk their season, assuming they're still competing and they love the secondary and Belichick probably feels like he can coach up anybody to 10 wins? Why would they... uh, gamble on an unknown fourth round guy versus i mean the odds the odds that stidham is better than like healthy cam newton the cam newton we know are, are sl- very slim especially his rookie year so i think belichick really likes uh, newton too in the past with his glowing uh quotes but i'd argue that uh that stidham's more of a known quality to the new england patriots than cam newton right now i mean it, he was he's there all of last season and played well in the preseason and uh you know was absorbing all of the playbook and whatnot but I, I could be totally wrong instead of maybe he's a total bum and the odds are against him, I guess, just in general, obviously, a fourth round pick being a, a, a you know, starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, but I will say I just am a little cons- first of all, last time we saw Cam Newton, he was unplayable. Like, I mean, he was he was absolutely unplayable. Now, it could have been because of the foot, but my concern and the shoulder, like, he was super uh, obviously relied a lot on his athleticism. So if you're now moving to a, a dink and dunk offense, that's totally different and if he loses some of the athleticism Liz Frank is a very serious foot injury um I don't know if that that's great with absolutely everyone goes nuts about Stidham's accuracy so I think that's one bit of concern and I also see her people say that like McDaniels is a good fit with with him or whatnot because of his time with Tim Tebow and that just I do you know how many passes Tim Tebow threw with Josh McDaniels as his coach well like 350 or something like that one what do you mean he threw? Oh, they weren't there. They, they didn't overlap. It was a different coach by he the was time. He fired and then he started playing. Tebow's a ridiculous comp. Like, I'm Te- just saying that the fit, the system to me just seems odd to me there too. But I'm probably wrong in literally every Even, like I said, the stat nerds that would seemingly care about our, uh, our CPOEs of the world, um, they're still just like, this is an obvious slam dunk. What a move, the Patriots. But it's funny. Um, you probably thought I was being sarcastic when I responded to you. 
because you're all upset about our bet. And to me, that just I, 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 it frustrated me because I wanted to be on the Patriots when everyone else was off them. Now everyone else is on them. And in my eyes, they're on them for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I bet the totals went up like a, a win and a half or something like that. Like I got totally hosed on that. Like if we bet now, it would be very different. I wonder what it is. We should look it up. Well, right it, judging by the market, I mean, I, by everyone's reaction, I, I would not be. I mean, a win and a half is massive, but it, or a win, that, a whole win. I mean, you're talking about a, you know, he's not a rookie. I guess he was there last year. But you're talking about basically a rookie QB who's a fourth round pick. We're not talking about Joe Burrow coming in, and you know, I mean, that's that's got to hurt your odds. I mean, you can't just come in like that. Patriots are now nope. Well, that this may not be up to date, but it says nine and a half still on Vegas Insider. But maybe that's not old. I have to, I have to see. I got to see an updated one. Anyway, what what odds do you give uh, that Cam Newton starting Week One? Uh, I mean, it's all about the injury and the health, you know. So I think like probably like I don't know seventy percent, seventy five percent, something like that. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that's yeah, what everyone's assuming it. So, and, you, and you're saying the only 25% is health. I think it's basically health. I mean, look, if Stidham, here, here's what I said to, to Jeff on the show uh, yesterday. Only two ways Stidham starts. One, Cam is just not himself, and it's clear, and that's that. They, it's all incentives. It's not a big deal if, if they have to cut him or you know, just say, well, he's still working his way back or whatever. Uh, or two, Stidham pulls a Russell Wilson. You remember the... Uh, the Seahawks signed Matt Flynn that one off season when, in 2012. Matt Flynn had had that crazy yeah. game. Was him versus he's on the Packers versus Stafford. They each had like 500 and something yards and five touchdowns. It's like an insane game. And then and he was the backup uh, to Rodgers. And then the off season he was a free agent. The Seahawks signed him two years, ten million. Not very much for a quarterback, but it was like okay, this is their starter. And then they draft this third round guy, Russell Wilson, out of Wisconsin. And everybody assumed, including me, that uh, that stid that. Uh, Flynn was their guy and third round quarterback. Who the hell knows if he ever even sees the light of day. And, but in training camp, there was a lot of coverage like, Oh, this Wilson guy looks really good. And the Seahawks are really considering using him or it was pretty quick. And they were like, no, they're going to use him. He's really good. And I was like, what? That's so weird. Like this signed this other guy. And now this third rounder, of course it was Russell Wilson. And that was the end of it. If Stidham does something like that, obviously he can win the job. Right. I mean, I think like, I mean, that's possible. But again, the odds that Stidham is Russell Wilson or even anything close to that or even Pete Cam Newton are really slim. Can I say real quick, thank God for Seattle's coaching staff because, man, as a Niners fan, uh, thankfully they treat Russell Wilson as they do because he is legitimately, as an argument, one of the three best players, uh, three, four, four, whatever, five best players ever. Um, I guess their their counter too, by the way, is he wouldn't be as efficient if we did increase their volume. Like they have been directly asked this, and why? Of course, he probably can't keep it quite as good. Um, I, I'm glad that they keep uh, with that uh, with that I, attitude. So I don't ahead. I don't agree with that. I mean, typically quarterbacks throw more, they get less efficient. But Wilson, I, I think if you look at the splits, at least my like anecdotal recollection of watching the games is that he rarely throws in the first three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, he's forced to throw when they know he's throwing. Like, it, right. it's like all of his volume comes. Yeah, like it's third and ten, and he's got to make a play, and he's got two incompletions because, you know, he's being blitzed, and the line doesn't block, and he's running for his life, and he gets rid of it and avoids a sack, and then finally makes a 40-yard play. I guess that increases his efficiency because a lot of big plays, but it's a lot harder when the defense knows it's coming. Imagine if they just did that, like, 
you know, a third of the time in the, in the first half, just threw in some of those big plays. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. Well, I'm probably, I, obviously I'm in the, the minority here, but do you want to do a, do a, a bet who has more fantasy points? Cause week one doesn't really matter who's starting week one. So right. who's more fancy. You got to give me odds, obviously. So I'm not interested fair. in giving you fair odds on that bet because it's okay. just fair odds. It's like, what's the, why do it? I'm not like, I really, I rank cam 10 just because at least for a one QB league, you just want upside. And if Cam is the starter, Brady threw 613 passes last year. I think Cam could throw 500, 510. And Brady snuck in five touchdowns over the last two years. I think Cam gets at least five, but could have eight or nine or 10. That Belichick just might, and McDaniels just might like the, 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 the Patriots do things like, well, if we have 10 guys blocking, instead of nine because our quarterbacks are running back. Why put in Sony Michelle's carcass? Like if we have a 250 pound running back who's closer to the, you know, he gets the ball immediately, doesn't have to hand it off and delay. And we've got 10 blockers. It just seems like cam could score a lot of touchdowns. If, if, if he's their guy. Yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe all the countless uh, praise I've, I've reading is just was all bullshit. And they did just sign Cam Newton. That does speak actually well, does speak there, but Stidham runs a little himself. And um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think at this stage of their careers, it seems like uh, it's just as good as bad. I don't know. Cam, I don't know. I guess you're right. He's younger, but those are a lot of injuries. But again, I'm, I'm the one he, I'm he, way out in the limb here. So he has we'll, to, we'll he see. has to be healthy, obviously. I mean, that's, we don't know for sure. I've had one guy on Twitter was saying, you don't worry about the foot that's healed, but that shoulder, he had to change his throwing motion. He's not the same. Yeah. He's not going to oh, be yeah. accurate. Big time. For also, sure. Cam, took, hanging on the thread. Cam took a lot of sacks, threw a lot of picks. Brady never took a sack, never threw a pick. You know, that's the kind of thing that they don't really tolerate. So, 100%. Uh, yeah. it, it, you know, and, yeah. and maybe they, I mean, they guaranteed like a million dollars. That's it. So, it would be a, a hilarious well, a minimum and he get a third round pick when he leaves next year. They just bought a third round pick for nothing. They don't, they don't have any, what's the, there's zero downside. They weren't going to spend that money. I just explained it. Yeah. It's, I yeah. mean, it's, and it's at first they get a third round pick next year and they time it for the, you know, for the release of that news about them cheating. Uh, and the other thing is maybe they just don't know yet. Maybe they're just like, look, it's Cam Newton. He's really good. If he's healthy, let's just give him a shot. We like Stidham. If Stidham's been, we'll just, it'll really be a competition. Like it won't just be bullshit. That's what I believe. Yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah. But I think Cam's um, healthy. He's going to win the competition unless Stidham is so good that we don't realize, which I think is that far less likely. No, that's, that's fair. All things equal. You think that, that Newton will get the start. That, well, that totally that's unless Cam is hurt, which he's, which he could be right. I mean, right. all right. We pretty much, uh, exhausted that. All right. Yeah, let's, let's, do our, uh, let's do the drafts. Okay. So the let's draft. talk about this draft. So I picked fifth Sign up for baseball one too, by the way. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, you, you think baseball? I mean, have you done any research there? Nah. nah. Well, I you know I did a lot in March, and nothing's really changed except everything. And so I'm just gonna like act like it was before. I'll give you my. I don't care. I, I, you listen to XM. I'm just gonna draft a lot of pitchers that I like. Mm-hmm. I like the central divisions. They're they're softer divisions. So I try to get some. My cent- question is, what if you get one of those early picks? Are you gonna take a pitcher over like Acuna and and, and Yelich? Uh, I know you guys are talking down Trout because of the birth, the impending birth. They have me worried there too. But would you take a pitcher over the big three? I don't know. I don't think. I mean, Acuna and Yelich. There's really a big two now with Trout. You know, having Bellinger's kind of monster too. Yeah, I'd probably fade him, but. Acuna and Yelich, I might go one, two. Acuna is hard to fade, but the steals are really good, I think, in this shortened season. 
I think batting average and home runs are going to be very erratic over us, you know, the smaller sample, but steals seems like you got to buy steals. You can't, you can't get people either steal or they don't. So I think the steals will be at a premium and you might want to get a Cunha. I think there's a lot of good pitchers to get two, three, four anyway. So I might, if I get early, just take a Cunha and then, uh, and then round two and three, take pitchers or maybe get another hitter. If there's someone I really like, and then take pitchers three, four and five or something like that. But you know, I, I'm not taking it that seriously. Baseball. I'm just like having fun with it. It's a 60 game season. Jeff did some good deep dive stuff to like some, you know, little cheat codes, things like drafting good players in the in the central divisions and being a little wary about mid level players in the east and the west. Just stuff like that. But I'm not going to go crazy when like this could be so random and the starters are getting four innings or three innings for who knows how long that's going to happen. And it's just yeah. I, I don't want to like. I don't want to put more effort into it than it deserves. Basically I want to have fun. I've already, I know who the players are. It's not like I'm not going to know who's playing, but I'm not going to like master the taxi squad rules, the 60 man and who's on what minor leaguers, you know, it's just, it's a bit, it's asking a lot. The teams in the East never have to leave their time zones, but the West, uh, it's interesting to set up with the different schedules, but, um, yeah, Mike, the mouth, I believe is signed up as well in that, uh, in that league. So good. That's easy money. That's always easy. I'm guessing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I will, I will do some study, but I don't know if we can have a pod in between, but looking forward to that. But I, I definitely hear you. It's frustrating and you don't want to put in re redo the work. And, um, I'm with you as far as going, starting pitcher heavy. And also not only that list, I'm concerned just in general, um, uh, everyone's future, but sports, man, it kind of went underreported. And the more I read, maybe I'm, I'm overreacting, but do you see like Zeke supposedly like due to complications, he's been told not to, uh, work out yet i'm hoping it's just the normal two weeks he's just chilling but i don't know the whole outlook on sports is definitely uh it's tenuous at best but you want to talk about our football draft yeah now i really hope football you know before i didn't care football happened no, you know now. so yeah exactly now that i have this draft now i'm super into it yeah so i drafted fifth you drafted seventh i thought seventh was a shit place to draft actually it was literally your last you announced yeah. reference right yeah yeah, yeah. i went one through six and then 12 through seven because you don't get much you don't get anything on a third round reversal you're right in the middle and, you know, and then the big six are gone. And then actually, had I really thought about it, I think I would have put six last because only when I got the fifth pick did I really start thinking Thomas Cook, which am I going to take? And of course I want to take a running back because the running back inflation is just out of control. Even though Thomas is projected for more fantasy points on my board, it's not by enough to offset just the insane running back inflation. And so I'm like, I really want to take Cook. And I tried to talk myself into him on the XM show. And I just couldn't. I couldn't talk myself into him at five. I think the holdout is unlikely. But I was telling Jeff, we assume, oh, there's you know the, the new CBA. He's got to play. But he doesn't have to do anything. If coronavirus, concussion, all that risk that these guys take. He's only getting paid a million dollars. He feels like he's a $15 million player or whatever per year or multiple year. And they don't want to give it to him. Who knows what he'll do? You know, I, you can't just assume he's going to suck it up because he doesn't have a lot of leverage. I know it's very easy late, uh, to just say uh, injury prone or whatever, but to me, Dalvin Cook is too much of an injury risk for a first round pick. Or I think I have my eleventh on my on my board, so it doesn't matter if I say that. Whatever top ten pick to me, I'd rather someone with less less risk. So I, I'm I'm okay with Michael Thomas over him, but I'm personally taking a running back in round one this year but i do not love how it fell around seven but go ahead so, and continue your so story. you so you would have taken mixon at my slot 
Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I took so I took Mixon and I took him over. Der- I actually personally like Derrick Henry. Obviously, PPR a little less in my rankings, but I have a lot of shares of him. So Mixon, I mean, he could hold out too. But um, yes, I would have taken Mixon at five. Yes. Okay. So I I didn't consider him. I just I'm just not sure with the new quarterback. I don't know if their offensive line is any good and. Uh, he's a good player, and I just don't know how much volume he'll have as a pass catcher with Gio Bernard there. So I, I can't put him, you know, with the with the big four. I really wanted Kamara. To me, that would have been like to oh, me. Yeah. I could see someone taking Kamara too. Um, he's he's now healthy. He's so good. The system is perfect. Um, but he went okay. I, I didn't really expect it. So I took Thomas. I'm like, okay, that's the safest player on the board. Knock on wood. But that's the that's the safest guy on the board. And. Even if he gets 150 targets, he'll still catch 120 of them. So it's just money in the bank. And then on the way back, you shocked the world. This is honestly, I couldn't believe it. Aaron Jones was still there. So Aaron Jones, I was hoping to get Aaron Jones, but the auto pick guy, some guy missed his first two picks and got Cook and Aaron Jones, which most people would be ecstatic about at six, right? He just auto picked his way to them. He destroyed the rest of his draft afterward. But you're going, and I'm like, oh, I guess Dalton's going to get Mixon and Aaron Jones. That's a good start. And you take Melvin Gordon. Explain yourself. Well, I wanted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I actually would have taken him in the first round. I have him as like my ninth player if it had just broken differently. If I had been late, a late-round pick in the first, I would have taken him. But he, of course, goes. Uh, I would have happily taken Nick Chubb, but I didn't expect him to fall there. So that's the – I don't love the middle for a couple reasons. Yeah, you know, you get the whatever. Mixon I don't like as much as the big four, and now I'm reaching here according to – ADP. I've done it before in Rotowire, taking Melvin Gordon over Aaron Jones, but at that point it was the very end of round two. Uh, yeah, I think it was at the wheel. Um, Aaron Jones, I, I'm just staying true to my rankings. I get that the market, I mean, it has me scared um, that I'm that I'm so different. But man, no one was hiring Aaron Jones last year. I was drafting him early second round, which was crazy high compared to ADP. I love him. One of the best real life running backs, uh, but could lose goal line carries. And I think he had 15 catches the entire second half last year and and he was very injury prone people are forgetting that before last year so this is not the year to buy him coming off last year with all signs point no no thanks so melvin gordon uh maybe sometimes running backs they're done maybe i'm just going to chalk it up to him uh being a holdout and i actually used to fade him at all costs too so but i just like his situation better here that zone uh inside scheme is back to his wisconsin days where he really thrived and just frankly the touches right i mean i, I just feel like they're going to throw to him and philip Lindsay is just going to be to a clear backup and royce freeman might even be released so i just see like he the workload there with melvin gordon but believe me i, I like him a lot better as a third round pick than his mid second round yeah i think you would have got him in the third probably but you would have taken Connor there. It's almost like Connor Gordon didn't really matter what order you got those two guys, and you were going to take three running backs. Exactly. That's so, another thing. Exactly that too. I'm going to take that position. So, and I would love Jonathan Taylor's been my normal target in round three. He went two picks before. I, I rarely say this, but I would trade teams in my first five picks with a. Uh, Krumutola, I don't want to say his name, but Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Metcalf, and then my guy Mostert round five. Like that guy's start. Yeah, so I don't like it. There's no receptions there at all. No and it's a PPR, and it's, it's just, that's the most reliable thing you can get are the receptions. The easy thing, touchdowns come and go. Although, Henry, Chubb, and Taylor are going to get a lot of touchdowns. There's no doubt. Like, most players, touchdowns are fluky. For those guys, it won't be fluky. Yeah. Those guys, it's money in the bank. So, But you're, you're saying, but is that really crazy to take Melvin Gordon over Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley? And no. And I, 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 have, I, have, I have Gordon ahead of all those guys. I have Gordon ahead of, I would have taken Josh Jacobs. I would have taken Aaron Jones. I would have taken Jones for sure, if I were you. I would have taken Tyree Kill, Chris godwin julio jones all those guys ahead of gordon because but 
I had a cheat sheet that I did, and I, I basically just sorted it by value over replacement. And my replacement value guys were, you know, the problem with like value based drafting is that it's really hard to find what the proper replacement level is. It's not quarterback 13 because people take two QBs. You can't just count on getting quarterback 12 with your last pick. So you can't count right. number one minus number 12. Plus, even if I get you know quarterback 11 and quarterback 16, I'm going to mix and match, and the stats for those guys might be quarterback eight if I do it correctly. So it's very hard to, you know, so I have a, a little formula I did to approximate the baseline, which is the, it's the, if there's one QB and you're in 12 team league, it's 12 plus four, 16 quarterback. 16 is the baseline running backs. You got two and a half. Cause you start two and half of the flex are running backs. So that's 30 running backs, right? 12, 12 and six, and then add, add two and a half fours to it. So it's 40 running back 40 and then receiver 56 and tight end 16. Now I did that. And then I subtracted the replacement value level, you know, the running receiver 56 from all the receivers running back 40 from all the running backs and did their totals. And so I made a cheat sheet based on that. And it's pretty much, it's not that far from ADP, but you start having this running back inflation. What you start realizing is even though I've got like eight receivers left that are 80 points or 70 points above replacement on my board, the running backs are down to 30 and 40 points above replacement. So you can't just do it that way because you're going to run into a situation like, wow, I'm getting a 70 point above replacement receiver. And he just took a 30 point above replacement running back, but I might have to have a below replacement running back next. You know, it's, it's relative to what's left at running back. It's not just absolute. It, that, that's the, there's an opportunity cost element that value-based drafting does not factor in. Yeah. No, I've, done, I've done a lot of drafts so far, eight, nine drafts. So far, and I've not once come away with fewer than four running backs in my first five picks. Yeah. So I went the total opposite way and uh, zero running back was the strategy that won in 2014 and 15 has not been useful since for a number of reasons. The NFL has changed, but if you're going to do the strategy, especially in an overall contest, you want to do it when no one else is doing it. You are best off doing it when nobody would think of doing it. People got killed in 2016 and 17 when there were four teams going zero running back. Good luck. Good luck getting value on receiver there standing out. No way. Uh, I actually did it where there was another guy, the best team, uh, you know, it's not because it's not rocket science, but the guy gets Christian McCaffrey and he gets Julio and DJ Moore, Mike Evans and T.Y. Hilton. So he went like one running back with four stud receivers and that is ideal but unfortunately, McCaffrey wasn't available when I picked. So it is what it is. But I, I, I went, so I went Thomas. Someone else in the league did do what? They didn't draft a running back till round six. Uh, no, just me. No, team 10, right? Oh, am I looking at the wrong? Yeah, team no, 10. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Team 10 did Adams, Kittle, Mahomes, Ridley, Woods, Damon Williams, Darius. Guys, yeah, I like what he did too. I think he did a good job of it. He, he had the QB and the tight end in there. Well, I have a tight end too, but he, he got Mahomes in there, which is fine. Round three, I would have taken Mahomes in round three, by the way, if he fell, even ahead of Beckham, but he didn't make it all the way. So I went Thomas, Tyreek Hill. I went Godwin over Hill in my other draft. That, that was a coin flip, so I just diversified. Uh, I see that. Yeah, you diversified there. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you know, I, when, when I was trying to defend Godwin over Hill, I was like, eh, I'm not really going to fight this one because Hill is so good. And then Beckham, who I love, is my third receiver. Then I took Mark Andrews, even though I had some of the receivers like Thielen uh, ahead of him, because I knew I'd get a really good receiver on the way back, and I didn't think I'd get a good, you know, one of the top five tight ends. So I, or top four tight ends. So I took Mark Andrews and I got McLaurin. So I got Thomas Hill, Beckham, and McLaurin as my receiver flex and Mark Andrews. 
And then I was like, all right, I don't need, I don't need to kill it at running back. I just need to survive at running back and then I'll have a good team. Yeah. So I, am glad the guy after you took Thielen, cause I was going to debate between AJ Brown and Thielen. I have most in too many leagues. So I'm like, I can't do it. I'm just too involved. Even though I wanted, especially to have him in a league versus you. Um, so I went AJ Brown cause I love him. If he would have been gone, I would have made it most again, but I love AJ Brown. And then Mostert almost came all the way back to round five, but I got Cam Akers whom I, I like actually. So, uh, do you know who led, uh, what was, who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns over the last two years? It was the player he's replacing. Is that is that a good thing? But I really debated McLaurin, and uh, I really strongly debated that. A.J. Brown and McLaurin after going three straight running backs. Uh, but then you took your fourth back. What are your thoughts on James Conner? I'm extremely worried as someone who survived cancer and dealing with COVID. It's, it's a real big risk, man. I I don't know. He could be a future back in an awesome team. And I love, I mean, he looks, he looks in great shape and he's uh, always productive when on the field. So what do you think? I would have considered him there. I probably would have still taken Beckham, but I think he's, he's capable of being a top seven or eight back, right? He'll, he'll get 250 and 50. If, yeah, if he's literally healthy. drafted, it was like seventh overall last year. He was going off the board and he was earning it until he got hurt. I mean, he he's injury prone. And as you said, he's a cancer survivor. COVID may place him more at risk, but the guy will get two fifty and 50 if he's healthy. And I mean, third round pick two fifty and 50 on a, you know, what should be a good offensive line. That's money in the bank. Uh, I, I, guys it, I know say Swift is way better than carry on. I mean, college guys I respect say he's not even in the same class as prospects. And uh, Stafford was like, they were legitimately one of the best offenses before he went down last year. So I was very frustrated to see your zero RB strategy. Cause after that, I think it's a crap or whatever. I wouldn't have cared, but Swift, I think you have might've got a gem there in round six. So if I do, I'm going to crush, right? Cause I've got four it's Michael Thomas, Hill, Beckham, McLaurin, Mark Andrews. I mean, if I just have one legit running back, I can piece together the others that, you know, that's all I need. I'm only hoping that I got one. I'm not unrealistically, you know, hope thinking I really, it's very hard to get two at this stage uh the other guy you took was franchise do not to bust it's the detroit lions i mean you can only be 12 years in a row at, at the position be the uh, not a return on investment negative go yeah. ahead yeah you don't want the problem with the lions they have a guy with a good name like javid best and he yeah. turns out to be a bust and like deandre swift he turns out to be slow it makes you worry but uh i would have taken cam Akers. i was looking at him i was like oh th- there's like a couple of running backs you know with swift Akers, kareem hunt i saw you know I, after i got went Thomas Hill, Beckham, Andrews. I was like, I could wait another round at receiver. But when you took Akers, I probably should have taken Swift there actually, but I was like, oh, I'll just lock it in with a stud receiver. And then luckily Swift was back. And I took Ronald Jones, who I think he's going to be the starter. It's like the difference between Swift and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is Keyshawn Vaughn was like the 76th pick or something. Swift was the 35th pick. It's a, a pretty big difference, right? Like 76, he still could be great. I mean, Camaro was taken around there. David Johnson was taken around there. But, you, you, you know, in this day and age, if you take a guy sort of early second as a running back, you're oh, trying those to... Are different prospects, yeah, for sure. It's a different level, right? So, like, I, I still think Ronald Jones, who got 31 passes last year, could be the guy. And then I got Jordan Howard, who, I mean, he'll probably get, like, 240 carries if he's healthy and get, like, eight or nine touchdowns. I mean, I just wanted a guy to put in there. He'll probably catch 15 passes, but it is what it is. Then I got Gronk, dude. How could you not take Gronk before round nine? 
Yeah, so this is why I also like going running back early. Not only is it the scarcest, but I love this position for, for receivers. So I followed with Devontae Parker, CeeDee Lamb, and Deontay Johnson as my fourth. I love Jared Cook. He just keeps falling. I took him above ADP by like 20 slots, so I was even grabbing him in round nine. I don't, I don't quite get it there. He was so good the second half. It's like playing in Coors Field, man. And he, he was even good on a horrible Raiders team the year before that. And they, him and Breeze, I, 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 don't, I don't get where Cook is going in drafts, but I also don't get where Gronk is going. So uh, the feeling is mutual, only completely opposite. Yeah, I, I, I have Cook. I have I have Cook ranked pretty high, actually, too, on my board. I think he's like seventh or something among tight ends. I have I, Gronk. I debated him and Latavius Murray because it's such an upside play that round too. Man, ugh, I really I strongly debated him, and I, I I went with Cook, my tight end, and then again Jameson Crowder. I like too the, the receivers. And I got Rashad Perriman late. One thing I'll I'll say about my draft. I never rarely ever do this. Is is like I worry about. Uh, backup running backs on my own team, but Daryl Henderson, where he came in the 11th round, and Giovanni Bernard, once I started thinking that Mixon might hold out in round 15, and then Benny Snell, everyone doesn't realize that he's Connor's backup, is free. So I actually ended up with backups on my own running backs, and I rarely do that. Just the the, the cost at this this draft was was, was the right. What, what did you think about Neam Hines? I, he's such a, an interesting guy in full PPR. Do you, I mean, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers, I mean. This year's Eckler, man. This is Eckler. I mean, I really I want to say there's like a 40% chance he scores more than Eckler, but it's probably too crazy. So, you know what, he, what uh, Hines' 40 time is? No, it's super fast, right? He's like he's like unskilled football player, but super athletic, right? He's like sub 4'4". Four, four. Yeah, it's like 4'3'9 or something for a running back. And yeah, it seems good. I mean. Look, there's no upside for him to get more than like 40 carries because you got Mac and Taylor there. He's just, there's no path. There's just no path to it. But even if I, those guys both went down, there, there would never be amount of injury when no. you get the carry. You know, that's, that's why the Tariq Cohens don't have the upside. But, but man, full PPR with Phillip Rivers taking over at quarterback. Wow. Right. So I, I just needed another back because my guys are so shaky. You know, I couldn't, yeah. I can't just be like, oh no, I'm cool. I got DeAndre Swift, Ronald Jones, and Jordan Howard. Like, I don't have any problems. Like, of I will, course. I will say Howard over Brita, man. I don't know. Interesting. You did. Well, that, we just had a note the you know, the day of, the, the end of the draft, right after the draft, that Howard was the guy. He was the early down starter. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he is good. He's a really good blocker too. But yeah, that's it's so interesting. Brita, the problem with Brita is he's injury prone, and I don't trust any of these 49ers guys after they leave the 49ers. I, I think <laughs> yeah. the system makes it go, and Brita's fast. He's legit. He's actually really fast, also. But you know, it's like most really. It's like you put that guy with a gaping hole and you know great run blocking. It's like they're gonna unless they're just totally inept, they're gonna be able to to get you know really good efficient yardage but howard's howard's kind of a beast yeah can i niners just real quick why does fantasy owners there's something incongruous here um i mean you don't like most or whatever he's going fifth round here uh went in the 13th round only reason jimmy grapple is getting drafted i think is because of me and right 16 um this team you realize scored the second most points per game last year added trent williams and will almost certainly be worse on defense so it, I don't know. It's odd. Do you, know, do you know how many yards per attempt Jimmy Garoppolo got on first down, which you know the smart people say is the best way to gauge a, a quarterback last eight, year? 8.6, eight eight, eight, 8. I'll guess. 10. Wow, 10 is a lot. But he must have done terrible in those other downs. And no one and no one even wants him on his fantasy team whatsoever. With well, that. I wonder how many attempts he had on first down. That would be good to 175, know. 175, more than any other down. Ah, interesting. But then he must have been terrible on the other downs. I think it was just they were so terrified of the running game that they were like, all right, great. We're just going to stack up against the run and not get to second and two. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a wide open, uh, wide open passing lanes. 
Last thing I'll say about Niners was Chris Borland was the person you were thinking of on XM. Right. The That's guy right. hired as a rookie, even. He was just a. Uh, the, the and he linebacker. was really good. He was a stud. And he. Yeah. So. That's what I was saying about uh, the holdouts. It's like people are like, oh, he won't hold out. No way. The incentives, it's like, you don't know what someone else is thinking. It's like COVID has made people reassess their priorities. He might just be like, you know what? I don't need this. If they're not going to, and I was saying to Jeff, it's like, if you think you're like a $15 million a year guy, which evidence of his production, it's not unreasonable for him to think that. I guess running backs aren't valuable to others, but he's a running back. He's not going to think that. And they're like, we'll give you a million. You got to play for a million before we can even talk about this. Even if you need the million, not only because you've only made four million, you're not like at retirement level, and because you need that year to qualify for the either the franchise tag or free agency, that doesn't mean you're just going to be like I'm going to play, I'm going to donate fourteen million to the team after I've proven that I'm going to lead back. You might just say screw it out of principle, and especially in this situation where there's all kinds of extra risks. Definitely. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack, dude. Continue your team. No, no, it's fine. So I got Ayuk. Oh, it cost me Justin Tucker, which sucks. Anthony Miller fell too far. Love that yeah. pick. I, I criticize you. I got it with props. I'm Anthony Miller. I, that's yeah. a great spot there at, at round yeah. 12. Yeah, I got Wentz as my QB. I love Wentz. He's going to have a lot of attempts. The, the targets are much improved. And he runs a little. I like, you know, he's going to get 200 yards and a couple of rushing touchdowns. A.J. Dillon, just in case Aaron Jones gets hurt, could be a monster. Uh, I Can love I just him. say that Wentz is coming off a year with that he got 6.7 YPA and there, he does not have a wide receiver in the top 50 ranked and yeah ranked but look 21. how many yards did Wentz have forget about YP how many yards right, did... I know he's like the first player ever to do that I think right he had first four thousand yards and no wide out had 500 and the reason he had 6.7 YPA is everything was dink and dunk and the reason everything was dink and dunk was because Deshaun Jackson was hurt Alshon Jeffrey was hurt even like you know they had scrubs like uh, Nelson Aguilar dropping the ball and he's throwing to tight ends a million times they had nobody stretch the field Jalen Rieger in the first round Deshaun Jackson's back do you see that thing on Twitter where Deshaun Jackson is running like a like I think like the the top speed in the NFL was like 21 and a half miles an hour and he was running his trainer says he's running 23 miles per hour no but i have him multiple places so good yeah. good to hear I, that might I'm be mike Post, that might be mike postal territory that 23 miles per hour uh, coach claim but right right anyway i you know and mckinnon i i just again i just think any if yeah Wentz, Wentz is always hurt too of injury prone and brandon brooks injured too but okay all right Wentz, you like Wentz. he does run too and he, th- he makes the throws that only one of the quarterback league can make and all that stuff yeah but, and he okay. right. he runs and he had 607 attempts last year and he's got all his weapons back except maybe jeffrey and you know, I'm not even sure Jeffrey's good anymore, but I, I love him at quarterback. And then I got Burrow as my backup. I got the Indy D because they got. Oh, your I wanted him. I wanted Burrow in round 16. It's too late for him. He runs too with those weapons. I yeah, I, yeah. I think that was good. Yeah. And then you know I got the Indy D because they got your guy DeForest Buckner. Yep. I had to get a shitty kicker because I had missed out on Tucker, which really pissed me off. I got the Eagles D and Miles Boykin. Okay, let's talk about your teams. You went Mixon, Gordon, Connor. Okay, you got three backs. You get A.J. Brown. You take Cam Akers from me two picks earlier. You get Devontae Parker. No worry about Preston Williams. Yeah, maybe in a quarterback situation isn't great there, but he really stood out to me on my sheet there. Like I have him far ahead of Diggs there. That was an easy choice just based on he was like the lone tier guy there. I mean, he was a monster the second half. There might be some aggression, and he's always disappointed before. But to me, he passes the eye test. Also, round six is super late for him. I have him higher than that. Uh, CeeDee Lamb. It's skills, but he, he's the he's definitely number three right now coming into the year. Dude, I, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that Gallup went two picks before because I actually would have a debate there. I really like Gallup too, though. 
I know that there's a rookie wide receiver in a shortened preseason. I get it. But this is the only one I like. I mean, I now maybe like actually I uh, later, but dude, Randall Cobb had 83 targets. This team, do you know how many yards per game? The Cowboys average last year. I don't know a lot. 440. Was that, was that second of the chiefs or Ravens? No, it's first. It's first. It's yeah. first. They go yards per play by, by a long shot. And that's, I mean, they're, uh, I think Amari Cooper after getting paid, I mean, that guy there, what are the chances of him suffering injury of 40%? Give me all the CD lamp. I actually yeah. debated Deontay Johnson and he somehow came all the way back to the eighth, but Deontay Johnson scares me. I could see James Washington, but, but love the upside with him. You're, you don't like him quite as much, right? I mean, the only reason I, I think if Antonio Brown didn't exist, nobody would be drafting Deontay Johnson this high, but everyone's like these five, 10, 185 pound receivers that aren't very fast. Somehow the Steelers know how to, you know, they, they know how to find him somehow because Antonio Brown is the exact same specs. He wasn't a fast 40 time guy. He was like five ten, one eighty five, And you're like, why is this guy even a prospect? But Deontay Johnson was surprisingly good last year with terrible quarterbacks. And he was playing hurt. So the idea is, okay, maybe this guy's just an amazing football player like Antonio Brown is. Could be. I know, but it's just, it's, it's so crazy that he's going in the top 10 rounds to me. It just seems like, yeah, it just seems insane. Like James Washington was a second round pick. He's faster, a little bit bigger. Obviously, Juju's going to get a lot of targets. They got, an, they got Ebron in there. Yeah. It's just a weird guy. Why, why do you like him? Why do you think he's going to... Yeah, people I respect are really into their, you know, love the game film and all that stuff. That's why I'm saying I hope I'm not falling for that. And to be honest, he's gone higher than this in other drafts. I've no, I've seen him go in the fifth. I've seen him go in the yeah, fifth. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they that offense puts up a ton of, of I mean, if Connor goes down too, they're just going to be throwing. Uh, with I think Roethlisberger's elbow is going to be, I'm just going to believe that it is back to full strength. And um, I don't know, maybe I am falling for the hype. But he was really good in the brief, uh, in the brief you know, period he did. It was weird that Juju suffered so much with the quarterback, but maybe it's just flat out the position they played. But I'm fully aware this might be a, a hype pick that comes back. But, but that's why I like him as my fourth receiver. So grabbed him there and then Cook next. Cook, the second half last year, um, when Breeze and them were both healthy, uh, seven touchdowns, 537 yards. No, the t- targets, you know, only 38, but, man, all targets aren't created equal. That's a quite a second half, 537 yards, seven touchdowns for a tight end that's, you know, an afterthought. Yeah, I have him seventh. I have Gronk sixth, and I think Cook is seventh. There may be eighth on my board. I think maybe Hunter Henry seventh, but I, I like Cook also. And second year in the system, he, that slow start may not. He may have to, like, he doesn't have to, like, get reacquainted. Yeah, so you got Crowder, who's uh, just a PPR, very solid floor guy, and then you took Daryl Henderson from me. I would have taken him instead of Hines. Daryl Henderson could be the starter. <laughs> it's like that we don't really know. You know, there's one school of thought which is, well, they never used Henderson, even though Gurley was clearly not himself, and and now they draft a guy in the second round. But the other school of thought is they just don't like rookies who don't know the offense. So it's going to be Henderson this year, and Acres is going to wait a year. I think it's more likely that Acres is going to be the guy, but. I would have taken Henderson just on the off chance that he's the guy. Yeah, highest yards per carry in college history. So I actually jumped. I had Antonio Gibson one spot ahead of Henderson, but because I had Cam Akers, I made a decision to. Well, you can't draft Gibson there. You can't draft Gibson. You know why? Is he only wide receiver in this league, and that won't change? Is that is that? Oh, I, I don't know if it'll change, but he's only wide receiver for now. I looked at him. I was like, oh, this is yeah, a good one, and then I was like, totally. I where am I going to start him a wide receiver if he doesn't qualify a running back? Now, I don't know what the policy totally. is with changing. I don't, I don't think they're going to change it midstream in a high-stakes situation because, you know, if that could give somebody the title. 
Totally, we should ask that because that was a definite tiebreaker too in this league. You're right, you're right. This format, yeah, I mean, Yahoo is going to be running back. But um, Oh, and I'm glad to hear you say that uh, because of Henderson because that would have been frustrating to spend an earlier pick on Akers and watch you get Henderson if he goes. I, oh, I would have taken him. It was Henderson or Duke Johnson, and three picks before me was Duke Johnson. I don't believe in I, David. I don't care about this grabbing uh, Perriman with Crowder. I didn't even think of it till afterward. I guess it's better if one gets hurt or whatever, but I didn't mean to do the same team. But you love Perriman's uh, peripherals, right? I mean, who's, who's Sam Darnold going to throw to? It's one of those two. I mean, Herndon, too, I like. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on taking similar play on um, players on the same team like that? Do you care one way or the other? Not with those two because one guy's clearly a slot guy and one guy is the outside guy, so they're not competing at all. If anything, Perriman will compete with Denzel Mims and just be you know one of those two guys will be the outside guy. I don't know how much offense there's going to be there, though they did improve their offensive line. Darnold's in year, what, three now? So he may be better. I think it's fine where you got him. Perriman is, is the freak of freaks. He's, he's like 6'2", 215, and ran a 4'2", 4. Two, four. Four two four is not like it's not like Deshaun Jackson who ran like a four three three. Now maybe Deshaun Jackson could beat Perriman in a sprint now, probably. But you know, people are like oh Marquise Brown or you know they're talking about these the fa- you know, Tyreek Hill, fastest guys in the league. Like Perriman is that fast, but he's six two two fifteen. It's just nobody's like that. Just started to kind of show a pulse last year. It's a long shot. He's probably just not a good football player. He's like the anti Deontay Johnson. You have some guy with no size and speed, but he's like really good at football. Right. Antonio Brown. Right. Antonio Brown has more than his time speed, obviously, because he runs away from people. But you know, maybe Deontay Johnson's like that too. But then the opposite is like this guy who's you know Paris Campbell, or maybe Paris Campbell ends up being good, or right, or Perriman, who's like the most ridiculous athlete of all time. But you know, being good at football is a skill too. I liked him as my sixth receiver, and I cannot get on board with Antonio Brown in round 10 or 11 here um, at the wheel with, I would think he'd get eight-game suspension at minimum, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and then Blake Jarwin, my backup tight end, and then I'll finally just go over the tight, uh, quarterbacks is why you just have to wait on the position. I like Jared Goff. He, two years ago, he was the number five fantasy QB. I know he doesn't run, and he's really bad in real life. Like I cannot uh, emphasize that enough, but – I have two receivers in the top 20 everywhere, if not top 15 ranked by everyone. I don't know who's ranking Tiny Robert ranked Woods. Fifth, and then they also have Everett and they lost the running back that had the two most, uh, the most rushing touchdowns over the last two years. I like the system. I like the defense fading and that division. So I, I, I clearly like golf more than the market. Yeah. I'm fine with golf there just from attempts and, but Robert Woods, who the hell's got him in the top 15 or 20? I just, there's so many good receivers I mean, I guess if you just want like that ninety catch, thousand fifty yard, and four touchdowns, he I don't know. Get thrown to in the red zone, yeah. Much. Uh, his percentage he, goes way down he, on the red zone. He gets a hundred rushing yards, and he got a rushing touchdown last year, and that boosts him, I guess, on projections. Like that's hundred rushing yards. It matters. Eighty rushing yards, whatever it adds to him, but he's so the ceiling is so low on him. I mean, people are taking him over AJ Brown or DK Metcalf or DJ Chark. I just cannot even. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Yeah, well, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all in on AJ Brown. So I actually didn't have uh, enough of him. So I'm glad, glad to have him here. It's fun draft. Um, I didn't. I much prefer my guy Edwards Hilaire in round two. I didn't love. I mean, I don't. I mean, Gordon and Connor's not my ideal there, but hadn't had any mixing and just, yeah, good stuff. And uh, look forward to dominating you. And uh, it's nice to see Allen in there too. Yeah, Sozlowski, his team was the guys I don't trust. Drake and Eckler. But I do like Robinson Chark. He got Singletary, uh, who I like in round five. I would have taken him if he made it back to me. 
and he took him. Uh, I don't like Fuller in round six. I, I can see it, but I don't like it. Murray, I love. Hunter Henry's fine. A little earlier than I would have gone, but uh, Breida, he took Johnny Smith, Josh Allen, Keel Harry. His team is solid. Uh, he's got a he's got a shot. He's he's he did fine. He just needs Drake and Eckler to hold up as projected, and I'm. I'm nervous about those two, but obviously I could be wrong about that. I, I really love our bet. I really love my team as like a floor team, like your team. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll uh, catch light in a bottle and Melvin Gordon will really catch 40, 50 passes in Denver. But like that receiver heavy team is kind of a floor team. It's kind of a nutless monkey team. I mean, it seems bold cause I didn't take any running backs, but it's really like, I'm just going to get those receptions every week and they get, they don't get hurt as often as running backs do. Seems like a, just like a, a floor squad and you're going to have to have a really good team to beat me. Yeah. Uh, well, I do like that. It's opposite strategy since we've been arguing about every player seemingly. So uh, yeah, good stuff. And I can't wait for the, the baseball one too. That's well, that's going to be chaos. This, uh, this, this was your, is this your, oh no, you did the, you did the FSGA draft too. So yeah. So yeah, I like that you diversified. You should have went Godwin. Come on with our bet. Come on. Should have went Godwin. I mean, I have enough. I, I, well, the thing is like, I have enough stock in Godwin, but also like when, even when I took him the first time and I was like, someone's asked me, well, you took him over Hill too. They were like, oh, I can see why you took him over those running backs that you don't like, but why'd you take him over Hill? And I was like, well, it's, uh, and I really couldn't give an explanation that was coherent. It was sort of like, well, you know, Hill, he doesn't get that many targets, but then again, he got 137 two years ago, and I don't know. And then I was just like, all right, that's 50 50. I can't easily, I can't really justify it, so I had to just just, uh, flip it up. I responded to Mario Puig. He made a tweet. I'm curious where you stand on the uh, Hunter Henry versus Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper. Where do, you, where do you rank those? I have Hooper really low. I'm like the lowest yeah, on Hooper. I think I'm like 17, 17th or 18th or something like that. But Me too. I just don't see what – yeah, he had a good year in Atlanta. So what? He's not like some premium tight end. I, you know, he's just Speaking going, of Atlanta, that's why Hurst, right. Hurst versus Henry. Right. I have Henry higher. I don't feel strongly about it. I, I feel like once you get outside the top five after Waller, Gronk is like just a wild card because – you know what the hell anything could happen right with Gronk it, it could be number tight end two or tight end you know a hundred I mean it, anything can happen but after Gronk it's sort of like when you get into the Henry Cook Evan Ingram all those guys Hawkinson Johnu Smith they're all a dime a dozen to me but I just I like I think I've Hurst ahead of Hooper but I do not have him ahead of Henry cool all right I took Hurst on the Hurst side on both those. Um, all right, man. Good stuff. Do you have anything? Uh, have any yeah, else? I want to retract a recommendation for Midnight Gospel. I saw like the third or fourth one. It's all right, but it's it's just not it's <laughs> not coherent enough. It's it's trippy. It's kind of entertaining yeah, the first couple. Little, yeah, but I was yeah. sort of like I'm not really getting that much from this. I thought I was going to get more from it, but the first two were better than like the third one, and I was sort of like, eh, maybe I watched the fourth one. I can't remember, but. It's all kind of the same thing, and so I retract. It was it's, it's interesting. I don't totally retract, but you know, Dark Season Three is out. I've been watching the first couple of ones of those. I do know that, but I haven't started. How uh, how is it? It's pretty weird and trippy. I don't. So far, it's not as good as the first two seasons, but it's still good. It's still like worth watching. Right there. I know it's a planned trilogy, so this is the last one. I'm gonna yeah. definitely check that out. Um, all right. So what, dude? The uh, only thing, the if you. Follow the news at all. One thing I'll say is it was very, very crazy. The Golden State Killer, which was kind of locally here in Sacramento, um, of whom I've spoke about before, Pat Oswalt's wife was actually the HBO documentary just came out Sunday. Anyway, it's a wild scene if you didn't see it. His, um, he just pled guilty to avoid the death penalty. 
and they aired it. Um, I know local news coverage and, uh, man, the different districts getting up and, and listing all the offenses and him sitting there with this scary, like shield over his face and, and, and saying guilty to every count. With and COVID? COVID? He's got the shield on for COVID? Yes, yes, the COVID's on. I mean, really? Next to him. Are you seriously? Yeah. I, guess, I guess they got to put the shield on him for everybody. I was like, if you're him, COVID is the least of your concerns, but I guess it's the other people in the room that need him to have the, the helmet on. But uh, Because there were so many victims like, uh, uh, that were survived, they all like, you know, they're going over, they, they had to open up a, a gigantic play also concerns of, of COVID. Right. So they opened it up to a gigantic, like it was a, a big stadium type atmosphere. Um, anyway, then... Uh, one of them reported that he uh, that he reportedly one of the main features was he had a small one and they got a standing ovation for that. Like, it's just a really wild scene like I've never seen. And it's weird that it's not getting reported. It's like Hannibal Lecter looking dude up there and people getting standing ovations like after reading just horrific this, stuff. It's uh, it was it was crazy. The Golden State Killer. But um, this is like the decline. This is a yeah, re- this yeah. is a republic in decline. But I will just say that if you were a real man, he would have. He would have insisted on the death penalty. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a bleak look. You're right. Uh, the future. But, uh, uh, I'm glad I got to talk to you and I'm glad I got to dominate you in a fantasy football draft. That was fun. I mean, I, that's uh, yeah. It incentivized me to come on this podcast. Yes. All right. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. I'm so sorry uh, for when reality intrudes on your delusion, but I'm happy you feel. Enjoy it for the next couple of months. Maybe COVID will just wipe it out so you won't have to uh, face the music. For sure. I'm uh, right. very more likely to talk trash now that I know that it's unlikely to be. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> What's up, man? Take it easy, man. Take it easy, Tom. Right, Liz.